Big drum roll. Big drum roll. Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. I am psyched for today's episode. This is our second metaphysical table talk. And today's guest has been a guest on this podcast two times. Two <laughs> times. Sarah Ray Hoagland is the host of an incredible podcast called Spiritually Inspired with Sarah Ray. She's also a successful manifesting coach. And I've worked with her and manifested a ton of good things during that period. And we actually have an episode dedicated to that that I will link to. She is also a talented and humble astrologer who focuses on energy and obviously manifesting. Sarah Ray has been on two episodes of this podcast, as I said, so three times is a charm. (laughs) And here they are, just in case you want to look back, season two, episode 11, Pluto return and the great resignation, which we both said we loved. Yes. And season two, episode 23, How to Manifest Money and More. Welcome, Sarah Ray. Thank you so much for having me again, Jay. I love chatting with you. You're one of my favorite people to talk to. You're one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. So I'm really excited to be back again. Thank you. And you can see us if everything works out fine technologically you can see us on youtube and you can see my little pebbles hair that's growing back i look like and it looks beautiful you do not look like pebbles (laughs) what's your name pebble is it from the flintstone i know who you're talking yeah i know who you're talking about but i know you don't look like her (laughs) here's how the metaphysical table talk works source gave me a topic And we will speak on this topic. And of course, Source gave me a topic that Sarah Ray is an expert on. And Source wants me to bring it into this podcast because I actually don't talk about this area of metaphysics a lot. And Sarah Ray will be speaking about her services and her podcast and her book later in the episode. I will put all the information in the show notes. And if you're watching on video, you will see all the captions. So we're just going to riff for a while. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. I'm super excited. All right. Yay. Here's a topic I've come up with or source has come up with. Are we losing the idea of the original intent of ritual? As you know, I don't like quoting from the dictionary, but I have to do it today. (laughs) (laughs) So a dictionary definition is... A ritual is a religious or solemn ceremony consisting of a series of actions performed according to a prescribed order. But nowadays, I'm noticing that ritual is more loosely based. And I see people, you know, for example, there are bikers that go to bars on a Sunday and do the biking tour. And that's a ritual. I see I see group rituals now as people getting together and watching episodes of a reality TV show or something like that. And that is the ritual as well. I'm seeing different forms of rituals versus when I grew up in the 1980s when I was dragged to church (laughs) every Sunday at 7.30 a.m. until I moved out of my parents' house because I lived by their rules. I'm describing them as they're very strict religious. They're actually not. But that was their one thing that they had to have community-wise and gathering-wise and worship-wise every week. But I see us moving away from that. In fact, I don't go to church and my sibling doesn't go to church and his kids don't go to church. So we've all moved away from that. So Sarah Ray, what do you think is 
the concept of ritual or the new concept of ritual today? A little robin just landed right on the windowsill. No, way. Oh, that's so <laughs> like cool. right as you said that. Oh, anyway, cool. um, totally random. But yes, uh, rituals. I think that there is so much power in rituals. Like doing the same thing, especially at the same place on a consistent basis, whether that is like every week or every day or every year, whatever the cadence is, as long as you do that, that space begins to hold energy that the whatever triggers are in your mind that bring you to that energy begin to exist and stay there. And it, it begins to like get, like I said, trigger that flow of energy. So you can have rituals for literally anything and everything. You're very involved in ritual, like you have new moon circles, and yes. you have manifesting circles and all of that. So how does that play into yeah. it? Yeah, it definitely goes back to what you were saying about that community aspect of people having rituals that they do together, not just the rituals that you do on a daily basis. Then and the, again, there's so much power in it. Like I so look forward to my weekly rituals at my Facebook group and we call them weekly circles. Weekly rituals was like another name that I was thinking about, but it, it worked out as circles because I kind of like to envision like oh, a witchy circle when we're all together, <laughs> even though it's a virtual thing. Um, and it's the same, you know, 20 people that come and watch every week. And it's the same people that watch it later in the week as well. So they have their own rituals. They chime in and they can see. And, you know, it every week we create this sort of energy of we're here to talk about astrology we're here to get guidance and the guidance comes and every week it gets stronger because i truly believe that we're creating this sort of virtual bubble this virtual circle like a literal like magic circle that we can come to again and again and that energy every time we do it holds power and it gets stronger and deeper not unlike your thoughts in your head every time you think a thought in your head it gets deeper engraved in your brain that's a ritual right that's like the most microscopic ritual you can have but the same goes with your actions in the same time and place at whatever the pattern is, every time you do that, the energy gets stronger and it gets a little bit more deeper, a little bit deeper, a little bit stronger connection to source or whatever it is that you're doing. And we can also not talk about spiritual rituals too. And this applies to all, all types of rituals slash habits that you can do. Every time you do it, you get a little bit more deeply involved, I guess, a little bit more attached to it. And I kind of, I don't like that word very much, but you kind of see what I mean. Like you get a little bit closer to it every time you do it. And that is why there's so much hidden power there. And they do have a, a spiritual essence in its core. Because like you mentioned, the dictionary definition is a <laughs> solemn spiritual ritual. <laughs> um, but nowadays, that's really, I, that still exists. And again, that also has a lot of power into it if it suits your spiritual practices. But there is so much more beyond that that can be magical rituals that have a really big impact beyond that. And I think community is a really big part of that too, because we're community creatures, right? So your community rituals arguably are the most impactful and the strongest, especially when they're really long standing and you do them for a long time with all the same people. So are we moving away from this idea of that strict ritual norm? And do you see rituals evolving as just for pure fun and entertainment? Do you, do you think that's where we're going? Oh yeah, absolutely. I love the idea of like cherry picking your spirituality. As long as you don't choose to go by one particular label, you can basically pull from wherever you want, right? So if you want to go down like the more strict ritual path, I know a lot of people that love that sort of structure and they really thrive with it. And they um, like to like gather their tools and they like to the pretty aesthetic and that's like helps them set the scene. It helps them channel the energy and that's great. But I don't think it, that is as common as the internet would make you think 
it is <laughs> um, like setting up a whole spell or a ritual, whatever word you choose to use is time consuming. And it, it takes God further away from you. Like you can't, it makes it seem like you can't access God unless you cross over the barrier of a ritual. And I think that's really the evolution that we're seeing is that we want our rituals to actually bring us closer to God, not to be this huge song and dance. So God is happy with us. We want to be closer. So in order to be closer, we have to do it more often. And if it's this huge chore, if this every time I have to, you know, break out everything and clean up and it's this big to do every time, am I going to do it? No. Am I going to feel close to God when I do it? Maybe. I think that sort of thing is super fun every once in a while, like, in a, like special days, like Samhain, for example, or any solstice, really. I think those sort of strong setup rituals are awesome. But like on an everyday basis, when I just want to connect with my spirituality, like my ritual is basically just sit down and say, hey, God, how's it going? And then just do a little prayer and do some Reiki and some yoga. And that's it, you know? Well, we talked about this before that you talked about how fun brings us mm. closer to God. And I thought that was a very good concept. So I was wondering if you would... Expand yeah, on that. <laughs> absolutely. This is a message that I keep getting like in various ways over and over again in the last couple of weeks um, for my own guidance and guidance for other people who are seeking it through me. But spirit loves fun. Spirit really thrives on like play and childlike innocence and enjoyment because that is what happens when you are in love <laughs> not just like in love but when you are dwelling in love everything is fun and when you're dwelling in love there's no judgment so you're not saying this is bad or this could be better or this isn't as fun or that whatever else it is you're just like purely on the ride <laughs> and you're just riding the wave so it's impossible not to enjoy yourself when you're in the energy of love so i think we have mentioned before that love and fun are very similar energies kind of two sides of the same coin because i really feel like you can't have fun unless it comes from a place of love right like you can't obligate your way to fun right <laughs> like genuine fun means that you're loving what you're doing whatever it is that you're doing and no matter how much you're enjoying it right that's yeah. true so we also had talked about before the idea of being a parent and the idea of being a parent to a small child and ritual. So for example, I just oh, yeah. said that I had to go to church. I had no choice. This was my parents' ritual. They didn't care. <laughs> they, <laughs> you know, I grew up in the eighties where they basically said to me, you live in my house, we pay your bills and you're gonna do this every Sunday. And it didn't matter if I came in late from a track meet at midnight I'd still have to be in church 7.30 a.m. Sunday morning. And as I said, the result was I have not stepped in, <laughs> in a church since I was 18. And my brother does not go to church either. So how do you show your daughter rituals without, I guess, forcing that upon yeah. her? So I'm curious. Yeah, because what what happened with you and your sibling is essentially what happens when you force someone to do something they mm. just completely shut down so the goal with any child with anything is to help them see and the merit of doing it help them understand the benefits of doing it and we've talked about this at length before uh but structure is so important for children like children thrive on structure they need it and we're all just big kids <laughs> 
<laughs> when I was a preschool teacher and a coach simultaneously, like I found myself teaching a lot of the same concepts all freaking day long. Like I was teaching, wow. you know, kids maybe on a, like a more basic scale, like four year olds, um, like how to sit calm and how to deal with their emotions. Mostly emotional regulation was the main work that I did with kids. Um, so I was teaching them that with four year olds. And then I would go to my coaching sessions and I was still teaching that. It just wasn't happening in the moment. I was just telling a, an adult like, hey, next time this happens, this is what you do as opposed to a child when I'm addressing it in that moment. So but essentially, it's all the same thing. <laughs> so we all need structure. Kids thrive on structure. They feel safe. It helps their brain not be so occupied with just getting their basic needs met. And when your basic needs are met, when everything is safe and good, then you're you have so much more energy to put towards other things. Because as soon as that stable ground is not there, your energy is going towards rebuilding the stability. Because especially for children, that is what the ego needs. Because um, children are interestingly like open to spirit and like really open to like the other side in like the most magical way but they're also simultaneously like really driven by their ego it's like a really interesting energetic dynamic in a child especially toddlers i don't just say that because i have a two-year-old but i i also taught child uh two-year-olds for a while and it's just interesting how they are so connected but also just so ego driven anyway so they are thriving on their stability needed for their ego and then that gives them more space to you know build up that connection and all that stuff so as far as rituals for like my own personal life with my own child and magical rituals i um i wouldn't say this happens at the exact same time every single day although i i just have like a window i strive because i don't really like I don't like strict timetables. I'm more of a person that strives on rituals of routine, not necessarily time, mostly because I'm a little mini rebel and I don't like, I, I like you, I don't like being told what to do. Even if I say, yeah. if I look at myself in the mirror and I go, you need to be doing this at 7 a.m. tomorrow, I'll be like, mm, no. <laughs> it's like an internal <laughs> argument. Yeah. So, you know, toddlers are the same way. So I don't force her to do anything, but I do think that we have gotten to a point where she feels comfortable to do this sort of little mini ritual that we do when we wake up, when we wake up in our window anytime between like six and seven she immediately wants to leave her bedroom typically like i take her out of her crib and she like points to this door because she wants to leave her room right um so i take her to the couch and we sit on the couch and we do some breathing and i will also say that there are lots of good educational shows where evelyn has learned these sorts of techniques like deep breathing techniques that are made for toddlers so she's learned that through other people too um so we kind of bring that back in that moment or i try to anyway in in the mornings if she's feeling it she almost always is she isn't always and if it happens later it happens later and i also try to take her cues if she is interested in something like if all of a sudden i catch her like doing her deep breathing on her own i just sit down and like do the ritual again with her it doesn't matter what time of day it is for kids i think it's important to kind of catch it in the moments um for you as a human being you what you're catching or human being because <laughs> kids aren't human they're gorillas <laughs> uh, as an adult human what you're looking for is like your emotional triggers um mm -hmm. and that's when your more casual air quotes rituals can come in of emotional regulation and that all kind of stay, comes back to building up stability too so it's kind of all coming full circle i hope that makes sense and i hope that answers your question it does it, so you're basically saying with your child you give her free will yeah. to do these rituals. Nothing's forced upon her. Yes. Obviously, you give her structure during her daily routine because she's little and she absolutely needs structure. And yes. you were a teacher and you realize that children absolutely thrive on structure, which I, I totally believe. Oh, yeah. But, Lots of but, studies point to that. 
That's not yeah. even a question. <laughs> That's not even a question. But I like how you incorporate free will as well. If she doesn't want to do the breathing, if she doesn't want to do the yoga, that's okay. But she can watch you or she can do something else or she can go off by herself if she's safe and all that, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I really love that idea of free will. And then I think what we talked about before with the more events, community events, it brings security, Mm. it brings safety, it brings entertainment, it brings fun, right? And I think there's something also with that with self rituals. So do you have any self rituals that you just have to do either every day or once a week or once a month that you just you cannot skimp on? Yeah. Well, aside from like your daily rituals, like, you know, brushing your teeth and doing the dishes, like I would, I would say doing the dishes is something I absolutely have to do, even though I don't enjoy it, but it absolutely has to happen. So that's (laughs) a ritual that I will not skimp on. (laughs) That's not really fun though. (laughs) I suppose that could be, you know, people say that's meditative, right? But I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) I don't know. I I worked with a pilot, just this is a digression here, but I worked with a pilot who had nine kids and his daughter, one of his daughters would turn on the Rocky theme, dun, 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 and would do the dishes to that every single time when it was her time. And I thought that was hilarious. That is hilarious. (laughs) Kind of like motivates you to go fast. (laughs) That's hilarious and adorable. Yeah. Um, So anyway, other magical rituals, I would say um, every Sunday-ish night, not again time is flexible but every at some point on sunday i like to do like planning and like guidance for the week where i may pull like one or two cards for myself aside from what i do like the polls that i do during my lives on facebook i like to pull like some personal cards ironically as you can probably imagine jay (laughs) a lot of themes repeat themselves anyway so you know because it's cards for the collective um so I, I do that on Sundays I plan and I kind of look back and I do gratitude and that sort of thing and I kind of just do like a, a reset um it's not necessarily spiritual in the sense that I'm sitting down to meditate with my crystals but it is like an emotional cleanse and like a I don't know just like a reset is really the only word I have on a more day-to-day like afternoon basis I like to do yoga once my daughter goes to sleep, which is at like one o'clock every day on the dines. Um, And she's she's also, I'm pretty, again, that's probably the only time I'm like really strict on times, but if we go over 20, 30 minutes, it's not a huge deal to me. Uh, But anytime between like one and 1.30 is yoga. And that includes also meditation, crystal Reiki at the end. That's just something I've built up to over a long period of time, because that is the, what I like to do in my spiritual practices, so. Yeah, that's what I do mainly on every single day. And then another ritual thing that isn't specifically spiritual, but it does help feed like my spiritual lifestyle and my creativity and all this stuff that makes me feel good and have fun and manifest and all that good stuff. Um, Every night around 8, 8.30, and I have like creative time. And that's basically at least two hours without my husband. Thank God, (laughs) like love him. But this is like two hours of like only for me. Um, And I can do whatever I want. Sometimes I go to bed early. Sometimes I paint, sometimes I do yoga again or meditate. Um, sometimes I continue working on stuff. Um, no client meetings, that's like my number one rule, like that's too late. Um, and I don't do work often because like, my mind isn't always there, but it's almost always something creative. So I like to call it like my two hour creative time. And that literally happens every single freaking night without fail, just like yoga happens in the afternoon, basically at nap time without fail. So yeah, those are things I do not skip on. Hmm. Interesting. I'm trying to think ritual wise what I do. My husband, he always 
feeds the animals and he really gets a lot of pleasure out of feeding the cows and, and doing all the farming and shoveling the shit and doing all that. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> got to get pleasure know, from that. I know. It's not me. <laughs> so he really, he really derives pleasure from that. I do it more because I have to when he's not home. So I'm not deriving pleasure from that. But for myself, I'm trying to think of a ritual because my rituals always change. Mm -hmm. I'm actually not great with rituals. I'm not good with the constant community as in going to somewhere every Wednesday at 7 p.m. I really stay away from that. It's just not my thing. So I'm not sure I'm very grounded in ritual, but sometimes I am, but they, they're changing constantly. Mm -hmm. I'm more about, I do things and they're very much a one-off. So I'm going to do this whole metaphysical course this summer, but it's a one-off thing. Yes, it'll be a ritual for the six days I'm doing it. But after that, it's, you know, it's not a ritual anymore. So I'm trying to think, I really don't know because I wake up and besides doing the, the basic things, you know, like you were saying, brushing your teeth and all that, I really don't have a super set schedule. And maybe because I don't have a child, you don't really have to have as much of a set schedule. So perhaps that's it. I don't maybe. know what it is. When I didn't, I mean, Evelyn's only two. So when I didn't have a job, I was, or a job. <laughs> when I didn't have Evelyn, I was still doing all of this. Like I still had a full-time job Did and I was you? still coaching. Okay. Well, I wasn't calling myself a coach, but I was still podcasting and creating all that. Um, and I didn't have necessarily like times of day, but I had things that I knew I wanted to get done. And when it came to doing those things, it was kind of real ritualistic because doing that task meant I had to follow a certain pattern to get there. And and I wanted to say this to you, just, just because you don't feel like it's a cons constant thing doesn't mean you don't have rituals because rituals are all mm. about the patterns. Like the pattern could be every month. It doesn't have to be every week. I do mm. think the the more often you do a pattern, the uh the faster it takes hold, that isn't necessarily always a good thing or necessarily something that you want or even need. Um, but yeah, the just because you're not doing it every single week doesn't mean make it a ritual. It could be a monthly thing, could be a yearly thing, a biannual thing. All of those are rituals. Mm. Okay. I have to think yeah. about that. I have to think about that. But I feel like I'm I don't know. I feel like I was so <laughs> So like do you like record your podcast at the same time every week? No. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I don't. I just record when I feel like it. But type you're Sagittarius. I don't understand. Oh, are we very regimented? Are I, we supposed I, to be? I guess I wouldn't say regimented, um, but I guess you still get the shit done. So maybe that's, that's I get it coming shit, up. <laughs> yeah, I get the shit done, but I get the shit done at different times of the day. So I'm, I'm really, this is really interesting because I'm really struggling to find something you know, as a writer, I don't even sit down and write at the same times. And I'll write a book in six weeks. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a break for three months and then go and write something else in another. So I'm not even ritualistic in that way. So I'm just, yeah, that's really interesting. I'm not even realistic when I eat. Sometimes I eat lunch at 12. Sometimes I eat it at 11. Sometimes I eat it at three. Sometimes at four. So I, I don't know. I guess I'm just not that much of a realistic, realistic, ritualistic person. So what happens when you go, okay, it's time to meditate. What do you do? I just go. I just meditate. You don't like set light a candle. You don't go to a special corner. You don't, you know, I go to the couch. say a prayer. Yeah, I go to the couch usually and just do that. But sometimes I go outside because we have 
uh, we have, I'll go into the woods because we have woods. So I'll do that or I'll go by the pond or I'll go, we have a tree that I can actually sit in. So I'll do that. But it just depends. So yeah, it's kind of strange now that I'm like, wow, that's kind of different, huh? Yeah, I would look at how you like begin with tasks. Like maybe you put on music before you start working Mm. um, or uh, after an hour of work, you have to take a break or something like that. Interesting. Because rituals are really just another word for habits. Yeah, I think my habit is to not have rituals, (laughs) you know, so I think I think there is something where and I'm not listen, I'm not trying to take this on my parents or anything like that. (laughs) But I think you know, certain parts of my childhood and everyone's childhood, I had free will taken away in certain yeah. ways. And now it's just like, freedom, yeah. have fun. And it's so funny because when my husband isn't here, when he's on a business trip, it's no joke. Like I, I live like a fraternity boy. It's crazy. I don't shower for three days. I wear whatever <laughs> I want. I'm walking around in sweats for days. I don't even wash my face. I feed the animals because they have to be fed. Mm-hmm. So I do all that. But unless it doesn't have to be done, it is like party time. And so I don't know. I guess I have that in me, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, rituals can be pretty suffocating um, for similar experiences to what you went through. Because like you've mentioned, it took away your autonomy. So like you were you felt like it wasn't there was no choice. Therefore, I didn't want to be there. And that creates a whole nother energy around that. And of course, you can take that to the very extreme, too. Like I I wasn't that extreme with religion but with dance was that way like we had we had strict ballet dance you were a very serious ballet dancer yes did you do the irish dancing or was it just your mom that was just my mom i love that you remember that i remember that my mom and my sister did irish and i did ballet i believe most modern dance studios do this uh a ballet like uh, what I don't know what you would call it, like a piano play set goes in a certain order. Like you start with plies and then you start with tondu and then you start with the next thing and you get, which I can't, I'm blanking on the name on the moment, but because I haven't done it in, you know, 15 years, but yeah, you like go in a certain order and um, all the tempos are usually the same. And that our ballet class was that way every single time. I mean, what we uh, would do once we we're done with like the 30 minutes of the ballet warm up, essentially, where we went through the same sequence. It was essentially a 30 minute dance, but it was just a warm up. Um, then things would change after that, but it was always how it started. Um, and even with that, there was still variance because, you know, teachers would still change it up because that's, you know, shaking things up is good. Yeah. Each teacher had a different way of doing it or sometimes they would put in different music, but we were still doing the same sequence. I think there is a balance that can be struck between having powerful rituals that get what you want accomplished, but at the same time having freedom. Because if you do do the same thing too much, it does eventually become a problem. That goes too far in the other direction. So you don't want to be like living like a fraternity fat, frat bro forever, right? Like, that's not going to work. <laughs> as, as fun as it might be for like a week, eventually you're like, okay, I feel so much better when I wake up and yeah. shower, and, you know, you know at least every body. three days, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, there is a, a equilibrium that you can find, I think, between having that freedom and having that structure and I, f- I like to think that I found it because I'm very similar You're balanced you- yeah I, I, f- I like to find harmony because I don't want to feel like my life is a chore and and that's when routine is starting to that's when routine needs to get shooken up is when it feels like a chore and it drags yeah and I think yeah. for me you just made me realize that I felt so structured in high school and college and I was never good at going to a regular job ever. Like it was just mm-hmm. hell for me. There's also the idea of whatever you want to call it, 
what's the word, simultaneous lives, past lives, whatever you believe in, I know that in a lot of them for me, I lived a very structured existence and I was, you know, in positions of inferiority and I had no choice. I had no autonomy in a lot of my life. So I think in this life, I'm just kind of, you know, there's a lot of just freedom in it. So Mm -hmm. that's why I think I haven't really glommed on to super rituals and when I do they don't last long for me so do you happen to what do you know about your Saturn in your natal chart oh nothing you should look into that because Saturn is is the ruler of structure and routines and is is the coach and the tough cookie look where Saturn is on your birth chart um you want to see the sign and then you want to see what house it's in so the sign is like so you have the planet, like I just said, um, is, you know, structure and all that. And then the sign that it's in, the zodiac, is like the clothes that it's wearing. So that's mm. like the, the flavor that it's like the mood that it's in, if you will. And then where, the house that it's in, where it's standing, that's the stage that's happening on in your life. So that's my suggestion for you to kind of better understand how you fit in with routine. Oh, I'd love to do that. That's smart. Yeah. Okay, that's good. See, we have our resident astrologer here. So we're all good. <laughs> Who knows all the answers? Oh, come so- on. <laughs> you do, you do. But before we close out, I want you to talk and, and thank you for conversing with me on yeah. on ritual. Because again, I don't bring it a lot into this podcast. Now I realize why, because I don't do it a lot. So that's why it's never been a big topic for me. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I love what you do because you offer that community, you offer those events, you offer all of that metaphysically to your community and now my community and you know, that's a great thing to glom onto. So please tell yeah. us about everything. We'd like to hear about your services, your <laughs> podcasts, your books. Go ahead. Well, thank you very much uh, for that opportunity. I think that spirit may have tapped into this because I was getting very similar messages that l- talking about rituals is very important right now. So um, recently, I'm not sure when this is co- going live, but recently I did two episodes about rituals on my podcast, the Spiritual wow. Inspired Podcast. I don't know the exact numbers, but they were in the late 120s, like 127, 128, 129, somewhere around there. One was all, all about the importance of practice and what it means to practice and why oh, we I, have to I cultivate listened. practice. Yeah. Oh, they're so sweet. Thank you. I was I listen really to your podcast. Hello. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the next one immediately after that one was like ritual ideas, practice ideas. So if you're kind of looking to get the ball rolling, those yes. are two really great places to start. Um, if you kind of like the idea of a community weekly ritual, uh, like I mentioned a couple times on in our Facebook group at 9 a.m. Central Time, I go live for like 30 to 40 minutes where we pull tarot cards, we do astrology, um, we do crystal Reiki together, and we just talk about the energies and any messages that come through. And it's, you know, I respond to the comments and it's a good time. And it's the same lovely women that come every single week. I just absolutely love it. Also kind of going down that line, we usually do a newer full moon guided ritual, depending on the week, if it's a new or full moon. Um, and if it's a week where there is no new or full moon, we just do a guided Reiki share and those all happen at various times. So there's always an opportunity to come. So those aren't as ritualistic. So there's a kind of a good example of the flexibility because the new and the full moon happens on different days all the time. Right. But we still join together and we do, you know, tarot reading and we do rituals and all that fun stuff. So that happens. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, that's all that. Sarah Ray has a beautiful 
website called spirituallyinspired.co. That's .co, which of course I'm going to put in the caption yes, or in the show notes if you're listening. And the last thing I'd just like you to talk about, because I think it's so great, is you have two books that I think my listeners would be interested <gasps> yeah. in. So if we could talk about them. Yes. Great. Ouch. I just punched my desk. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one. Um, so I was just talking about how we do astrology. And I mentioned astrology here and like the clothes and the stage and all that. All of that comes from the Energy Almanac. If you're watching the video, you can see it here. It's beautiful. I am a contributor for this book. I write all the new and the full moon astrology happenings. So cool. And there's 52 weekly predictions plus a whole other holistic resources for each and every month. So this is like a whole book of rituals in itself, honestly, because you can be part of your, this is part of my weekly Sunday ritual where I go through the almanac and I see what's happening and then kind of where I get a lot of my astrology guidance from. Also, That's I'm a, a contributor. That's a good idea. So, you know, <laughs> I, write, I write for it. And then... The other book that you mentioned is my latest book. It is Manifesting Mindfulness and Magic. This is the complete guide to, to living spiritually inspired. It came Beautiful out just a couple cover. months ago. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And your favorite podcast host for Two Inches Off the Ground. Her testimony is on the back of the book. Yeah, <laughs> I have to. So, I have to buy it and read it. I can't wait to read oh, it. Oh no, you're getting sent a copy, so you don't need that. <laughs> okay, we're gonna have this all in the show notes. You just go to Sarah Ray's site, and you're gonna get everything and explore that. And I just want to thank you again. I really appreciate you being here, and maybe I'll have you come back on. I mean, maybe before oh, that, I would hate but that. but no. But I was thinking <laughs> if you write for the Energy Almanac for next year i would mm -hmm. have you come the end of this year and we can talk about the energy for next year that'd be cool yeah we'll put on the books because the energy almanac for next year is already in production and it, actually it's done in production it's already made so oh, good okay, <laughs> so yeah so I absolutely can buy, i can buy it and all that because i'm gonna buy it oh um, uh, well so this year for 2023 it's out but i meant for 2024 we're already basically done writing the content so yeah when it's out i'm, yes. I'm going to so that way i can look at everything and then we can make some predictions i think that'll be really fun yeah let's do it Thank yes. you so much. And you are always just a light and so intelligent and so much energy. And I just really appreciate you. And uh, until next time, live your life. Two inches off the ground. Yes. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Jay. <laughs>